Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Hopefully you're having a great day, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, we're continuing our Summer of Heroes. Um, in case you are new and wondering, what is this giant thing behind them? Um, we are picking one hero from the Book of Alma every week of this summer, and we're giving them a protection scripture, kind of like their power scripture, and then one invitation or challenge each week that you can do alone or in a group or but with your families that kind of helps you live out um, what we think makes that person and we want to hear what you're doing. We want to hear about what's happening. So will you tag us on Instagram at Don't Miss This Study, particularly this week, because this week's challenge is going to be, we think, fun. <laughs> and it'll be fun to see pictures of it. So if yeah. you remember to tag us, we'll put them up in our stories. That way it makes us all feel like we're all doing this together. Yeah. Gigantic youth conference with families. Oh, fun. Okay. And we wish we would have asked you to tag last week with you eating your pie with living in Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because maybe you're out of order. That's He's the best part. so happy about the pies. He thinks that's the most clever thing we came up with last week, everyone. I hope you really ate some. So good. Okay, this is Alma 13 through 16. But before we jump into these chapters, uh, we didn't introduce you to who our hero actually is this week. And on we purpose. Wanted, yeah, on purpose. Because we love him in 15. But you got to meet him in 11. Right. So we're going to do a little, a little bit from last week also, chapter 11, Alma chapter 11, where we meet... This man whose name is Zeezrom. And he is a lawyer in the city of Ammonihah. Remember, that's where Alma and Amulek are, are preaching. And you learn in these chapters that the way that the lawyers and judges got their money is if anybody sued someone or there was a riot or something like that, then they would come to court and then you'd have to pay everybody. So a lot of these lawyers in Ammonihah would try and like um, stir things rile up. things up, yeah, yeah, get things going so that they would have work and, and get more money. And, and Zeezrom was one of those. We have a spot on your um, study guide sheet where it's like kind of who is Zeezrom, get, remember who he is. Uh, we want you to add verses 20 and 21 to that. I and you're going to be so scared that we picked him as our hero. Don't worry. We know what we're doing, everybody. It's going to be okay. But when you first meet him, you're like, wait, why is he a hero? Because he wanted to destroy that which was good. This um, is in verse 20, right? What 11, else? Where, what are some of our oh, favorites? The, well, oh, he was expert in the devices of the devil. Yeah, who thinks that's one of your great heroes? Who's your hero this week? Someone who's an expert in the devices of the devil. The um, Amulet calls him in 23 a child of hell. And he's just like, you are just a child of hell, um, is what you are. Because the very first thing you ever get from Zeezrom is him trying to bribe Amulek to deny his witness and belief in God. Like that's opening line for who Zeezrom is. Um, he says, I want to ask you questions, but the first thing he starts with is um, sees if he can get him, you know, to, to deny it, which might give you a little peek into Zeezrom's like heart, like a greedy heart. He's really into manipulating and money and just yeah. and kind of like this. So um, he's going to kind of just ask him these questions and it 11's awesome. I know this was last week's and 12 where Amulek and Alma play tag team teaching yes, with each other. Yes, such great mission companion. Um, and you love, too, that one line when Amulek says, I'm not going to say anything that the Spirit of the Lord 
doesn't tell me yeah. to say. It's just, I love that that's how he enters in to yeah. that conversation. So um, they are just going back and forth, and there's great teachings on the resurrection in chapters mm. 11 and 12 and the redemption of, and the fall of Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and the fall really also. Good. We, we kind of wish we were doing a whole lesson on that, and one day we will do something like that. Um, but not today. So, so much stuff that they preach and teach through there, all about like the redemption. And then it gets into chapter 13, and you just want to kind of maybe back up a little bit and read the whole conversation together. Remember, there wasn't chapter breaks in their conversation. So to really see where it fits, um, you kind of need to sometime read it all together, if you can. You know what I mean? Um, but 13 is interesting. We've been talking about um, Alma's teachings on the holy order. Um, remember, and we talked about that being this pattern of a holy pattern of, of living. Mm-hmm. Am I and saying beco- that right? And um, of becoming really. And it right. it hints toward um, priesthood, high priests. Um, you're going to see a lot of that. You'll see it. Uh, a good companion section to this would be DNC 73. Is that right? No, well, what I want to do, do 84. That's what well, I, I would link say, to we it. We did 25. What did we do with the women? 84, 107. 107. That's the one I'm thinking about. Um, Doctrine and Covenants 107 would be a really good companion scripture for this. And 84 would be so good. Um, just as you're looking at that holy order. Yeah. At some, uh, w- when you look at it in particular, they're, they're going to talk about this holy order being named after the name of Melchizedek. Um, which might be why we started calling it that you know in our dispensation Mm -hmm. also because of joseph smith translating this but the reason that he is picked as like the order is named after melchizedek is because he was such a great king and priest and he lived so well after this pattern that is being described um so i don't think people i love that you bring up teaching it to the women which is what that study was for the you know past six months because it's not so much about receiving priesthood ordinances but living after the manner of God is, yeah. is what this holy order is all about. I, I, we're kind of assuming you watched last week's video. If you didn't, go back um, and see some of that about, oh, it was two ago, about the holy order, yeah. which is just which is a, so good. a group of people who live for a common cause, a holy cause. That's what an order is. And we is. kind of pointed you to 13 there. Um, you'll want to take note of 7 and 8, where it talks about this high priesthood being after the order of his son, who was prepared from eternity to eternity. Um, they are ordained after this manner, being called with a holy calling and ordained with a holy ordinance and taking upon them the high priesthood of the holy order, which calling and ordinance and high priesthood is without beginning or end, and thus they become the high priests forever after the order of the Son of the only begotten of the Father. And and as we're talking about that, we need to remember, like, think temple, and you want to be thinking about um, priests and priestesses. This is This really is an order of living that has ordinances involved and patterns involved, and it's a becoming like Christ. That's what this whole process is talking about. In- yeah, I was going to say, in fact, um, if you look back at verse 2, but I want to just say, put an exclamation point on what you just said, because in case people missed it, and that is that this is a it is a process of becoming. Mm-hmm. Like that is what, some people look at this and they start talking about like, oh, I think this chapter is about people being foreordained to receive the priesthood. And if you look at it as a whole, it's it's more about becoming someone Becoming a king and a queen or a priest and a priestess through the power of 
of God. Yep. And it'll talk about ordinances in there. It'll talk about being sanctified. You'll hear a lot of temple um, language and temple words. Which is interesting because the word temple comes from template or pattern. Mm -hmm. So uh, a holy pattern of living is one of the things we learn in the temple is how do I live as a king, queen, priest, and priestess in this holy order. And and what does that mean? I love verse 6 in chapter 13, where he says, and thus he being called, talking about himself, to this holy calling and ordained unto this high priesthood of the holy order of God. For what purpose, he says, to teach his commandments unto the children of men that they also might enter into his rest. Mm. So the calling of the holy order is to teach and invite and help other people to enter into God's rest into his presence mm-hmm. like that's its whole purpose so we left a little box there that hopefully you, will you, you inspire you <laughs> whole notes page to fill off i don't even know where it is oh it's a, well i yeah, didn't draw the box right but um you you might look in your notes and just start filling that up um so starting here alma 13 then 107 would be a good companion and 84, 84 would be a really good companion um to this and um we talked about this two videos ago if um anthony, anthony sweat's, sweats instagram we link account to that again yeah we will okay um he just teaches so great about living the holy order and and what that actually means and looks like so that's such a little box on here and we gave a couple of suggestions right here what it means to live after that to cast off your sins to call upon his holy name um to let the holy spirit lead and guide you in your life are you gonna go here um, in 28 um, to become humble, meek, submissive, patient, love, long-suffering, faith, hope. It's just all of those words that are just becoming words. One of my favorite parts in this chapter is 13 verse 11 um, because I love that there's an emphasis on sometimes we want to talk a lot about like us, like what do I need to do and that is important, but the power comes from him and 11 mm. is um, really teach that so well where it says, Therefore, they were called after this holy order and were sanctified and their garments were washed white through the blood of the lamb. Yea, they were sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Their garments made white. They were made white. They were made pure. Um, They turned their hearts and lives over to him. And he is the one who made them to become something more. I think that's such an awesome imagery that you find in scripture is that idea of garments being made white in blood. It's such like a, if you picture it in your mind, you're like, if I were to dip my white shirt into blood, it would come out wrong. You know, it's supposed to shock you. You're supposed to be amazed that his blood could have that impact, which is neat because particularly with our hero today, Zezrom, here's a spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. Like you would think, that man could never change and he could never become a hero worth mentioning. And that's the beauty of God's grace is it should leave us amazed and shocked. Yeah. Like you would be if you saw white go into blood and come out whiter, you'd be like, oh, how did that like, happen? That is supposed yeah. to happen with people. Where we're like, how did that happen to that person? Yeah. So 13 is, it's deep, it's, but yeah. it, you know, it's, it's brilliant. Good. You might not teach it much with your families, but it might be a great personal study. Um, for yourself. Um, so this is all part of his preaching. Um, last time he was like, let me teach you how to cast off the devil. 
then chapter 13 is kind of like, here's how you can become more like Christ. In chapter 14, we get the um, reaction of the people. People hear that and they're like, uh, we don't want anything to do with that. Um, and Alma and Amulek are, are taken to this place. And, and anybody who is a believer is cast out of the city and the men and then their wives and children are burned. Right, uh, in front of them. And they make everybody watch. Alma and Amulek have to watch this whole process. This is my least favorite chapter in the whole Book of Mormon. Yeah. If I I got to choose, I would take it out because I hate stuff like this. Yeah, you're just like, wait a second. Why is this happening? And, and, And Amulek even asks that question. This is in chapter 14. And he looks at what's going on. And oh, am I... Am I? Yeah, 14. You're right. Where they're burning him? Yeah. Where does he in say, 10, like, let's stop this? Um, it's in verse 10. When okay. Amulek saw the pains of the women and the children who were consuming in the fire, he also was pained. And he said to Alma, how can we witness this awful scene? Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God, which is in us, and save them from the flames. But Alma said unto him, the spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth my hand. That is so hard. That would be so hard. Particularly to know, Amulek knows, like, I know God can do this. Mm-hmm. I know he can stop this from happening. And, and why isn't he? And this is interesting because we watch two deliverance stories happen. Uh, three um, deliverance stories happen in these chapters. And one of them, you'll see this little thing that says delivered, and it does two different boxes. Um, but one of the ways we see a deliverance is in verse 11. When Alma teaches and he says, these people are being delivered through that fire. The Lord is taking them up into his glory. He's taking them away from this city and away from this situation. And and he is delivering them, you know, through this atrocity. And it's so interesting. We've talked about before that sometimes deliverance is painful. And if you've ever delivered a baby, then you know that is true. We want deliverance to be the answer, the thing that just solves the problem and we forget sometimes deliverance really is painful and um, there's a lesson that has to be learned here and I think it is important sometimes to stop and look at things like this like I remember walking out of the Holocaust Museum with my sister one year when we were there and when she came out she was like I just I don't think I believe in God anymore because how did that happen to those people. And it's kind of the same thing as this. And it happens in the Old Testament too. How did that happen? And um, it makes you want to ask that question, is God good? And can he be trusted when you see things like this? And and trying to get that full picture of um, all that is being taught there. And one thing that I do love, if that's something that you have a question about, is actually going back to chapter 12, the redemption chapter, and realizing there is that part that talks about when Adam um, ate the fruit and he fell. And sometimes we get we get caught up in words like fall and um, the and being coming lost and fallen. And I sometimes I wish we would just change that to say then Adam ate the fruit and he came into mortality. That's what happened. Um, the fall, you could just erase that and just wrote, he became mortal. And when you became mortal, you are cut off from the presence of God. And when you're cut off from the presence of God, then you experience things that are lost, you know, and painful. And God allows things to happen in mortality because that's what we chose. We chose to come to a place of proving and 
trial and tribulation and sin and um, things that were hard um, as part of the process of progressing. And we wish there weren't hard things. We wish there weren't. We wish there wasn't cancer. We wish there wasn't cystic fibrosis. We wish there weren't mosquitoes. We said last <laughs> night when we were sitting in the backyard, why, why do we have to have mosquitoes? Um, why did people have to die? And all of this is part of the education of mortality. And it's hard sometimes. Yeah. And it, well, and I think it's part of a greater redemption and a greater deliverance, you know, mm-hmm. like you might, these people are like, why isn't he saving us from this? And, and God might be thinking, because I have something bigger yes. to save you from. I have something bigger for you to become in all of this. If we remember that lesson, it's one of the most powerful lessons to remember that God's work and glory and purpose is to exalt his children, not to prevent pain and hard things but to use those sometimes in the exalting redemption story of that person and and that's why this is such a seems like a cop-out but it is such a powerful principle that Mm -hmm. all of this in chapter 14 and 13 alma says to amulek um it's it's according to the will of god the will of the lord because amulek well maybe they'll burn us too and alma's alma says back was like well maybe so but um, it's according to his will. Right, and I think we need to remember, and his will is good. He tells us that over and over again through scripture. His will is good. And I love when he tells us in the story of Joseph um, in Egypt when he says, I can turn all things for your good. Um, And he will. He will compensate all of those things for us. So it's important to remember, just as we're going through that part, that there is, God is a God of justice, which means we will get what we deserve. All of the goodness that we deserve. We will get what we missed out on. We will get what was taken away from us. We are going to receive all of that back. And in the book of Job, he tells us, and greater than what it was before. That yeah. is who God is. So we, we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. And in this waiting place, you know, in fact, in one chapter back, one of my favorite verses from chapter 13 was in 25 when he says to everyone, um, and now we only wait to hear the joyful news declared to us by the angels of his coming. They're talking about the first coming, but I read mm-hmm. that and think like, and one day yes. he will come. And I love this where Alma says, um, for the time cometh, we know not how soon. And then he says, would to God that it be in my day. Oh, how many times do we say that? (laughs) Every single day, just send Jesus. Let it be today, in my day, in my time. I hope so. Because he's experiencing what that's like, immortality. We're like, oh, I want Mm -hmm. the final redemption to come about. And it's like, well, not yet. And the two of them, they get thrown into prison. They don't get burned, but they get thrown into prison. And and they are stripped naked and they are put in their chains and they're beat. And like the judges are coming. Could you imagine like the Supreme Court justices coming and slapping you? Well, they probably couldn't. They're so old. Um, but back then they were younger. But you know, and they are just like, and they're gnashing their teeth at them. And they're like... Um, oh, they're just awful to, you know, awful to them. In verse 15, he says, um, the judges and lawyers and bad guys, let's just say the bad guys, mm-hmm. say to him, you see that you had not power to save those who had been cast into the fire. Neither has God saved them because they were of thy faith. And that is such a common misbelief about God that if he's not intervening, it must mean he doesn't care. Or if he loved me, he would he would come into this place. The, the devil says that to Jesus. 
um, if you are the Son of God, would He let you go hungry? Would He leave you on this mm-hmm. cross if you were really the Son of God? And that's a just a common misbelief and a lie from the devil we see all throughout Scripture, yeah. right? Right, because but that's part of the test of mortality. And if we didn't need mortality, God would not have made us come here. But we chose that we wanted to do this part even when it was so hard. And I love that one... Um, after all these bad things have happened, when the priests come up to them and say in verse 14, will you preach again? Look what mm. your preaching is doing. Will you preach again? And we're going to see that these are a lot of chapters of courage. That is what happens and of standing up for what you know you've been called to do and, and to move with that and act on that. I think it's so interesting because it was hard on them. And, and we have to remember that. Even though they were doing what they knew they had been called to do, it was hard. It tells us in verse 26 of chapter 14, Alma cried and said, How long shall we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord? O Lord, give us strength according to our faith, which is in Christ, even unto deliverance. And it's just so interesting that they felt that the pain of that affliction and, and those um being in prison and watching all that sadness. And it's in the midst of all of this going on, they finally get out. Which is so odd. I, where's that one where it says, and then the very last person came and, and struck them. And you're kind of like, why does that happen sometimes that God waits until, because yeah. he even asks, like, when are you going to intervene? And I just think this is so important that sometimes when we talk about like, last time, last week we talked about being highly favored. And can you see the grace and favor of God even in the prison? Yeah. It would be such a, a great yeah. question, you know, to ask. But yes, mm-hmm. the, the the walls fall and they get they're they're broken free from their bands. And that's the second deliverance in that deliverance box that you'll find on the um the study guide sheet is that they one is delivered by fire and the other is delivered by their by their prison bands breaking. And you're kind of like it's just so interesting that why does God deliver in this way sometimes yeah. and in that way other times? And, and we put here for you just to remember that it's the will of God and he's going to let us walk the path we need to become exalted. And he knows what that path looks like. And it's interesting because you'll read through people from the Holocaust who talk about this. This was the place where I met God. And remember Francis Webster when he talks about um, it was in my afflictions that I became acquainted became acquainted yeah. with God that it's part of this as hard as it is 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 where sometimes people come to know God mm. the best um, and then they leave um, and they go to Sidon and they establish a church and um, when they get there Zeezrom is there remember Zeezrom, um, who we talked about at the very beginning um, who had tried to talk Amulek out of his faith, and he had, he just was causing so much trouble um, with the people of faith. And 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 caused this event, really. Like, Zeezrom is the one who kind of instigated this whole conversation that's yeah. going to lead to, you know, all of, all of the fires and the prison and, and, and all of yeah, that. Like, he's that to blame, yeah. really. Um, well, the devil's partly to blame. And... <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> and so Zeezrom gets really sick and he has a fever and it's caused by the great tribulations of his mind because of his wickedness, because he thinks Alma and Amulek died and he, and he knows that was not going to be right. And it's own fault. And he's just burning with like 
guilt. Yeah. He's like, I caused that to happen. And then he says, then it tells us this in verse 4. Now, when he heard that Alma and Amulek were in the land of Sidon, his heart began to take courage. And he sent a message immediately unto them, desiring them to come to him. And this is what I love about Zeezrom. And this is, this is our hero verse, is our protection scripture. Because I love that in that moment, he could have had so much guilt and shame and realizing what he had done that he could have just been like those people never want to see me again and um, I'll, I'll live like this forever i'll live in misery i made bad choices i did bad things and now this is what my life has to be for the rest of my life i made my choice and he doesn't i love that he hears that they're there and his heart takes courage in that moment and who even knows that they'll come? I mean, on the flip side of that, they could be like, no. No, you Yeah, you do you this. see what you did? Right. You deserve nothing from the God we believe in. Nothing. Right. And I this when I was reading this just yesterday or the day before again, I was thinking to myself that in this chapter, Alma and Amulek become such shadows and types of Christ. Um, Zeezrom says, you know, um, all of... Um, What's he say that all these people, um, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like getting like so jumbled up where he just like, he's so worried. He's like that they died because of his sins. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that Alma and Amulek are now going to come to him and say like, no, let us teach you about he who did die Mm -hmm. because of your sins and the redemption that can come because of this. And it's one of the sweetest scenes because... I love verse 6. Yeah, before you go to 6, oh. we just have to show. Um, so you'll want to mark in your scriptures in 4 and 5. Oh, yeah, we love that um, he sends a message immediately. It just as soon as he hears they're there, it's, his immediate reaction is to send for them. And you love in verse 5. And it came to pass that they went immediately, obeying the message which he had sent unto them. I just love the thought that there are so many reasons why they would have not wanted to be together. And maybe you've experienced that before where you're like, you know you've done something and the bishop would love to sit down and talk with you and you're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. There's just something that keeps you. And I love that his heart had enough courage to be like, I'm just going. I'm just going to enter into that situation. I'm going to go back to the place where reconciliation will come and that... You love that these two men who are such a good type of Christ that were like, come, just come. Yeah, yeah. You know? We have on, on the study guide just a box that we'd love for you to think about who or what does this for you. Like who, like who their presence like gives you courage or what is it that like gives your heart, you know, courage. And, and I, you, I just got to believe that that's a Christ-like person. Mm-hmm. That like would come immediately. Near, yeah. Um, that would help you make the change required to get you going again. Who is that person? For and you? could you be that kind of person? Because we have under here verses five and twelve, and verse five teaches us that like they came immediately. But then verse twelve is so powerful because it talks about Zeezrom is like from that time forth he was a different person. And we're just curious, like who is that in your life that yeah. comes when you need them? 
And from that time forth, you're a different person. I love that scene. And and you got to just say Jesus. Like that's why there's such a type of Christ here <laughs> yes. because he comes immediately and you're different. Remember that scene from The Chosen? If you haven't watched The Chosen yet, oh. you're failing in life. We love The Chosen. Um, it's about the life of Christ. And it just is, you can just download their app, The Chosen app. And you can, they only have... Um, Eight episodes right now. Is it eight? Yeah, they only so but they only have the first series more. done. So yeah, and take your stimulus money. It tells money you. And just... <laughs> um, it tells you you meet all the people in the life of Christ, and you just fall in love with them. It makes the New Testament so real. It comes alive. Yeah, it just comes alive. And it is might, worth it. It's a fun you, Sunday afternoon watch. Yeah, and you love Jesus in it more than you ever have before when you watch it, but. Um, there is this moment when Mary Magdalene is talking um, to Nicodemus and he's asking, because she's been healed, and he says, do you, you know, what what happened and how did it happen? And she says, all I know is this, is before I was one way and now I am totally different. And what happened in between those is him. Mm. And that we love that yeah. type of Christ with Alma and Amulek here, where it's like they came immediately, and from that time forth, he was different because of them. And it's beautiful. They come to him, and in verse six, it's verse five and six together are so awesome. He reaches out his hand, Zeezrom does, and Alma takes reaches out mm. and takes his hand. The, it's just this. Jesus scene and then they actually teach him of Jesus do you believe in the power of Christ for salvation oh you just love that because he just begs that they would heal him and then all they ask is do you believe and I love that I love that um we learn it in second Nephi 25 what what is all we can do just believe in Christ that's what he tells him can you believe in Christ then you will be healed that's what will happen Yeah, this is such a powerful redemption story, Mm -hmm. particularly considering, you know. Where he came from. Where he came from. Yeah. And what he did. And Alma and Amulet could have said, like, do you know what you put us through? And I I just don't ever picture God saying that to us. I don't ever hear his, in his voice say, do you know what you put me through? Um, Never. You just see it immediately and you see a reaching hand and you see mercy and it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's such a good one. Um, so as we talk about him, we love that one line with Siezrom where it says his heart began to take courage. Um, it's such a powerful line. Also, the word began. That it was just that moment of like he began to take courage in the fact that he could change. He could be different. He could do something out of his comfort zone. And we think as you um, study Siezrom this week in this um verse and think about this we just want to invite you to do something out of your comfort zone and and your family do something that requires courage jump off the high dive if the pools are open where you are or wait, you found the funniest thing oh we started looking yeah. up like i we wonder like, what, what we could we suggest what to people, people and i found this take courage and depending on their age and depending on what their kids are and um, what would it look I found like? This one online is like 66 ways to build courage. And number one is paint your nails green and leave them that way for a whole week. And I was like, what? And then it says, if you're a guy, you get extra credit for this one. So there's just all these things where it's like, yeah. something about, learn read an some instrument. Of the other ones. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, quit a job. Don't no, do that. No, don't okay, do that. Okay, but I'm just saying it's one of them that's I'll on pick here. Them. Take I'll a pick painting them. class. Begin yoga. Um, give money away. 
Look into people's eyes when you're in public. Like, that's crazy. No, we don't ever do that. You don't even get to go to public. Um, play music more. Put on a smile at people as you drive at the stoplights. <laughs> like, it's just like, go bowling. That's not courageous. No, that is not. You're, this is okay. a terrible list. Never mind. Don't read your list. We want you to do something really, like, that makes your heart get that little, you know, when it just, and then you have to do that that's thing. That's so fun. We want you to tag us on those things. Whatever your family decides, maybe you'll do a ropes course. Um, whatever it is, will you just tag us on the things that are going to give your heart courage? And we just want to remember that Ziazram did something that was out of his comfort zone. And it was something that allowed him to move forward in his relationship with Christ, which is so awesome. Super cool. Okay, at the end of 15, this oh, is just a sweet a little, ending. It's still sad though first. I'll tell the sad part. Okay. And you, you tell the happy part. Sad things. Because what happens is Amulek, who remember was our hero from last week, and he brought Alma into his home, and Alma taught his family, and he blessed his family and his friends, and and Amulek's life was so good. And then it tells us in verse 16 that by the time this whole thing is over, Amulek has to give away his gold and his silver and all his precious things, which were in the land of Ammonihah. Um, and he was rejected by those who were once his friends and also by his father and also his whole family. Um, so in the end, what Amulek ends up having to choose is God. And he's been rejected by everyone and kicked out of his city. And all of a sudden, we're going to see this role reversal that happens here that is just so sweet. It's so cute because you remember when Alma had been kicked out of that city before and he came in and Amulek was like, here, come in my house and I will feed you bread. And he was homeless and he had nothing and he had been spit upon and reviled. And now we're going to have this reverse where Amulek has lost everything. And then what happens? Yeah, 18 is so sweet. Um, Alma now says, Alma having seen all these things, meaning like everything that happened to Amulek and his city just falling apart and losing all these things, he says, Therefore he took Amulek and he came over to the land of Zarahemla and took him into his own house and did minister unto him in his tribulations and strengthened him in the Lord. We have this little house that's drawn on the study guide with three lines on it of ways that we would love our homes to be described as or our personalities to mm -hmm. be described as, as a, as a house of welcome, a house of ministering, and a house of strength. Or to be a person of welcome and a person of ministering and a person of strength to see someone. I mean, if you asked Amulek, you would say, you gave up all of those things for what? And he was like, for God. And I would do it again. Um, in the end, I remember this line from President Kimball where he said this. And in the end, you'll realize it was no sacrifice at all. Hmm. Because he gained relationship. And he gained treasure. And he gained yeah. all of But Alma still knew. It was like, man, in this place of mortality... It doesn't work sometimes to say, don't worry. In the end, you'll get your mansion when you've lost your house. It, he understands what that's like. Um, he understands his covenants to mourn with those mm -hmm. that mourn and comfort those that stand in comfort and brings him into his own house and says, this is a place you're welcome. This is a place you'll find um, ministering. And this is a place that you will find strength. Oh, we just love it's a darling that end. Such a good place to end. End there. Don't read 16 because 16 is like, then Ammonihah gets destroyed by the Lamanites. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you should just yeah. end on that sweet house part. Yeah, it's so it's cute. Better. Okay, we'll see you next week. Okay, adios. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. 
You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.